Welcome to Brand Agony. I'm Alan Black. Every episode, we use the soothing power of stronger language to solve a problem for a troubled marketing professional. Today, we're talking about mission statements versus value propositions. Or to put it another way, how can brand purpose and value work together? To answer this thorniest of questions, I'm joined by a delightful duo of proposition peddlers, Black Ads' Shan Ross. Hello. And Helen Selby. Hello. Little bit of a delay here, wondering what's going on. We're just, we're just, we're just, you know, stunned by the topic today, I think. Um, so I will plow on and uh, say we're going into this week's letter, which comes from Jenny in Liverpool. Dear Black Ads, I work on the sales team for an organic cosmetics brand. We're in the middle of a rebrand and aren't sure how to communicate our ethos. Do we need a vision statement? A mission statement? Both? And do we also need this value proposition thing we keep hearing about? Yours, baffled by marketing buzzwords, Jenny. So, Jenny, thanks for your letter. We hear from lots of people, marketing professionals included, actually, that, that just get in a, in a terrible muddle about all these different terms. And it's absolutely not your fault. It's because, frankly, the industry loves, loves a little label. And uh, sometimes the labels don't mean the same, don't apply to the same things, depending on who you're talking to. So for us, it's this great topic. It, it matters um, in every business, uh, not just marketing itself. The good news is it doesn't have to be as complex as it might uh, feel right now. As ever, we're going to tackle the situation in three steps. We're going to go through diagnosis, treatment and staying healthy. So first of all, I'm going to nip over to the diagnosis table and just snap on the gloves. Okay, let's have a crack at diagnosis first, Shan. Before we get too far into the chat, I think it's probably worthwhile us having a little bit of a run through of some of the terms that Jenny mentioned. Maybe not going to everyone, but the key ones. Uh, yeah, I can run you through. So I'll start with vision statement. Mm-hmm. Um, so the vision that tends to outline what the world will look like when the company's work is done. Yeah. And, and I'm going to just like, just can I say what ours is very quickly. <clears throat> Our vision statement is a powerful, distinctive and clear voice for all. And that is the first and last time you'll ever hear that said out loud. Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, our listeners, us, of course, you know, here all have the tattoo, so it's fine. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it's it's something that the company's working towards, in other words, Shan. Yeah. Um, so I believe Oxfam's, just for another example, I think it's a just world without poverty, something along those lines. So um, that encompasses the vision. Um, mm-hmm. It's very, very big. Then the mission. Mm-hmm. The mission, uh, mission statement outlines the part that the company will play in reaching the vision um, so going back to the oxfam example um, they say that they help correlate help create lasting solutions to the injustice of poverty mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah so a lot of companies um, they have those or they can bring them together into one overarching statement yeah and uh, I know the listeners are on the edge of their collective seats um, wondering what our mission statement is ours is to give voice to new and existing brands through consultancy writing, training and recruitment delivered by talented people who ask, how can we make this even better? I'm not quite sure nice. um, if, if, if talented people replies to, it applies to me, but it definitely applies to you guys. Um, so it, it kind of, I'm, I'm kind of with this so far and I don't think any of that's too complicated. Vision is the kind of idea of what the world will look like when you're done and the mission's going to be how you're going to get there, how you're going to make it a reality. Um, Helen then, I suppose the big question is, 
I've got this to nailed. What the hell is a value proposition? Yeah, so a value proposition is the promise of the value that you bring to the audience. So it's something that focuses on the company, but the customer as well, a little bit more. Okay, yeah, yeah. That, that kind of makes sense to me. Um, and to be absolutely honest, I'm not massively surprised that Jenny is kind of scratching her head a little bit about this. There's all this, you know, vision-y, value-y, statement-y, proposition-y stuff sort of flying through the air. Um, Shan, what, what would be your take? Do you, it, does does Jenny's company need to get all of this nailed down right now? Is it is it what would what, you reckon? Well, <laughs> annoying answer. It kind of depends. Um, sometimes no. There's no need to really get hung up on all the different components. Um, the focus should be on having the messaging that does what you need it to do. So okay. by messaging, we mean you know the actual words you would use when communicating with the audience. So whether you're talking to, you know, your mission is intended for your team, um, you know, the, um, the value proposition that's more focused on your website, social media pages, um, or even, you know, when your customer service team are on the phone. So you can channel what you stand for as a brand in every customer interaction. Um, and when you've got the messaging that lets you do all of those things and do it well, um, then, then you've got it and you don't need to get hung up on the terms. So it's, doesn't have to be as complicated as it maybe sounds. Yeah, I think that's quite an interesting way of thinking about it. Um, how how I sometimes kind of kind of say that, which I think is really really similar to what you're saying, is is this idea that in a way, what a mission statement is 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 essentially a kind of a mini brief, as is a vision statement, as mm-hmm. is a value proposition. It's like a permanent brief that sits mm-hmm. at the heart of the organisation and just reminds you what the world looks like when you're done. How you're going to get there. And the promise of the value if you bring, so you're not having to kind of, you know, continually reinvent or rediscover or spin that up from somewhere within the bowels of the organisation each time you you launch into a project. It's it's there. It's like I say, it's a kind of perma brief. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's another way of thinking about it. So saves you a ton of hassle. Helen, what would you reckon? Yeah, I agree with that. I think it's the sort of more solid that is, you know, it gives a foundation to work from in every bit of communication. Because um, I think otherwise, if, you, if you're trying to sort of do maybe a mission statement and a vision statement and a value prop, it can feel a bit like you're writing all these big statements just to tick a few boxes. Mm. Um, but I think in this case, I think Jenny just needs to go back to basics and think about the issues that the customer faces and how you know, the company she works for, how they as a company solve that problem. Yeah. Um, and I'm just chipping with another little thought. There, there are plenty of great business books out there. There's a, there's a book that I think we're fans of in Blackad called Traction by Gino Wickman. I think he might have some other authors in that as well. But the, the whole Traction um, sort of thesis is that organisations should have an enterprise operating system that is a kind of a bit like a computer operating system that tells the company what it should be doing when they're having a meeting or when they're reporting, mm-hmm. you know, figures or when they're feeding back to the team, all that good stuff. Uh, and one of the things that they talk about in that book is is the, the clear need to have a vision and you know to have all all this stuff sort of spelt out. So, um, and they they do say that it's not an easy thing to do, but I do wonder sometimes if people get a little bit um, 
sort of caught up in that and think, well, let's just either crank something out just for the sake of the process or they just get a little bit kind of put off by the whole thing. It feels like it's, you know, do we really need to do it? I kind of think you do need to do it, but, you know, as long as it's, you know, fairly basic, as you said, back to basics is mm. is, is a great term. Um, through mid-90s uh, political term as well, which, I, which <laughs> I'm personally loving. Um, so it sounds like we might have just, you know, edged our big toes into the treatment room anyway. Um, so why don't we just head in and, and see what happens. Mm-hmm. It's a very echoey and distant sounding rattling <laughs> pillbox there. Um, I quite enjoyed that. Um, Shan, what do you think you would do to treat Jenny here? Well, I think it's time to get the post-its out. Marvellous. It's time for a workshop. Oh, where are the biscuits? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we love a workshop. Um, so as Helen was talking about, they need to map out everything that's, um, you know, all about their service offering, their customer pain points, their their brand, their personality, um, all in a big workshop or a series of smaller workshops, if that works better. Um, so the point of this really is to, um, to discover why the company or to discover what makes the company and the customer tick and then from there they can work out the best way to communicate with those audiences oh um and they should make sure that they get everyone from all levels involved too that's important yeah Uh, my dog's agreeing i don't know if you can hear that he's he's really loving that chat um (laughs) the great (laughs) thing about talking to staff at all levels is that you gather a true perspective on the issues that you're facing. Um, I, I think that's something that that we are that we are really conscious of in our business is that you want to get a range of opinions. And it's not to say that you can't have a you know senior leader that makes the final call, but the idea of getting those opinions, those perspectives uh, down and and noted is phenomenally useful. Um, I, I've yet to to run a session where at the end of it the client doesn't feel that they've got an insight from the session they didn't have before or a sense of clarity when it comes to that that customer need. Yeah, people see different sides to the customer depending on their mm. role in the business. And, you know, we, like you say, we've seen that countless times um, where people have been surprised at their own colleague's perspective on something. It can be quite different to their own depending on their role. And so, yeah, that's really telling. Yeah, I mean, I thought we were working for a battery farming uh, hen operation before I, I looked at the vision <laughs> statement, to be absolutely honest. Um, what a shock that was. Um, you think I'm kidding? Uh, Helen, what, what else would you prescribe to Jenny here? Um, yeah, I agree with all of that. Um, and I think something else worth emphasising is, you know, it's the fact that there's no one size fits all when it comes to this kind of thing. So that can be a bit annoying to hear, but it's mm. really crucial. And as a man with a very big, uh, I don't mean this uh, metaphorically, I mean literally, I've got an extremely large head, um, which I proved to myself again today by measuring myself for a, a new bicycle helmet. And um, my daughter thinks she's got <laughs> a big head as well. The, 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 um, the expression one size fits all very much does not apply to me. When I see a cap <laughs> that says, you know, one size, I think, <laughs> mate. <laughs> and I, I'm not a man that's over encumbered by hair. So there's a little there's a little visual metaphor for our for our listener. Um, if it you know it's unlikely that one size will ever fit all. Let's be honest, yeah. it's it's not going to be snug. So let's make it snug. Um, sorry, Helen, I was interjecting there. No, no, it's, it's a good visual. So I think that's it. And I think you know if you already do know what you stand for as a company, you don't just need to run off and write this big bold mission statement that you know might not really mean anything. I think it's better to just take a step back and appreciate the complexities of the customer and 
what you offer to them. And mm. that's exactly what the workshop will let Jenny and her team kind of figure out and get on with. Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree. The 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 result should feel like the kind of biggest single penny drop of all time. Yeah, exactly that. Yeah, yeah. So both of you reckon that um a good old, you know, all hands on well, let's not let's not have actual post-its right now because if you're listening to this um in in twenty twenty, then you know, getting together in a room, um, breathing the same air, um, touching the same pens and boards. Let's not get into that. We've got Bad a virtual we're using yeah. a virtual we're virtual. And you know, we don't get any any uh, you know, money back from the, the two big names, but the two big names in this space, if anyone's interested, would be Mural, M U R A L, and it's Mural.co, or Miro, M I R O. Uh, both great tools. Both have their fans and their, you know, um, we like both of them. We, we choose Mural because we think it's great. Um, get get that spooled up. Um, get yourself some booked into session and have some fun breakouts and make sure you get lots of breaks and go off and create yourself a shift in perspective. Um, that, that's what we would all recommend, I think. Um, I think it sounds like we're, we're ready to dive into stage three. So I'm going to, you, you know that this is my, my favourite part and I'm, I'm not going to fluff the sound effect this time. This needs to be perfect. Okay. Ready, folks? Mm-hmm. Ready. I think the Get sound. In of, the hang of it. I think, I think the sound. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think the sound effects know that I've got favourites too. That's why the, the harp <laughs> always plays nice. Um, Shan, let's assume that Jenny brings some fantastic content consultants into, into the business and they've got those nice socially distanced, uh, safe workshops organised. Um, Hang on, um, I'm just going to get that you know, little neon sign that I have. Um, if only we were also recording this and, uh, on video and people could see it flashing <laughs> above my head saying, you know, content workshop experts, you know. I mean, I, I don't know who they mm-hmm. could turn to for that. It's it's hard to know really, isn't it? It is wasted, um, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, if, if only we knew somebody. Um, <laughs> Shan, what next? Well, um, once she's found her content consultant, um, I think... The whole that one size one size fits all thing that Helen was talking about mm. um, applies here too. So it really depends on the outputs of those workshops. Yeah. So every workshop will look a little bit different. Yeah. So what we do when we run these workshops is we provide something um, that's easy for them to use um, from the outputs. So um, usually, if not always, that would be a value proposition because that's something that you can go straight out to your customers with. Um, it's messaging that speaks directly to your customers and makes the value of your product or service impossible to miss. Um, so pr- pretty essential. Hmm. Um, what sits around that is where things can get interesting. Some organizations are really strongly mission led. Um, others want to call that kind of messaging their purpose, mm-hmm. their why. Um, the mission sometimes also encompasses a vision. So um, that's what makes the business tick. So it really just depends. The elements you need depend on what you've got to say and what the most useful way is to say it for your business. Yeah. So if I was to try and squirt that down, oh, I think that's really helpful. It's almost as if Jenny just needs to make sure she's something really clear that her and her team can put into action and go forward with. Yeah, and they just need to know how to use it and, importantly, why they're using it. Mm, the why bit's really important. That's mm. kind of what I was alluding to earlier on, I think, when I was talking about that book, Traction, which is a great book, incidentally, if anyone wants to go pick that up. If you don't understand mm. why you're doing it, you're, you're not going to get anything out of the process. So choose some content consultants that explain why to the team as well. Um, 
Helen, what, what's your take? Do you, do you agree with that? Yeah, just, just kind of building on that. It's a training exercise really, isn't it? And it's all about clearing the mist and making sure that Jenny's team can confidently put the workshop outputs to good use. So, mm. And like you said, that like that should really all be part of the engagement with the, the consultants that they're yeah, working yeah, with. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, I, I think the other thing that Jenny should bear in mind is that the brand messaging can change as well, along with the customer need. Um, it's kind of sort of going off on a bit of a tangent, but like I hate to bring up COVID-19 in a fairly free pandemic-free chat so far, but the last few months have really shown us that customer needs can change really dramatically at any mm. time and quite quickly as well. Yeah. So I think it's fine to adapt what you stand for as a brand along with those changing requirements, you know, if it makes sense to do that. So that's just something to kind of keep in yeah. mind. And they can, they can change in quite surprising ways. So mm. I, I wouldn't have thought that would have seen such a huge shift, for example, from diesel cars to plug-in hybrids and mm. sort of standard hybrids. And that's been, it's been coming for a little while, but the figures that have been published quite recently in the United Kingdom are showing that the shift is very, very real. Not, I mean, mm. battery only vehicles, absolutely, you know, getting more popular. Um, but those other two types, the hybrids, the, the, the plug-in hybrids and the kind of regular hybrids that you can't plug in, more and more people are buying them. And that's mm. been put down to a, a lot of a lot of chat around about air quality improving so much uh, when the UK was in really, you know, the depths of lockdown. Um, people perhaps mm. just enjoying walking around their neighbourhoods a little bit more. And, and also the chat that, you know, pollution was going to be really bad come, you know, the second wave that pollution plus COVID could equal a real disaster. So mm. there, there, there's lots of things there That's that you could never have predicted that. I don't think, well, I personally couldn't couldn't have made a stab at predicting that. I would have maybe seen mm-hmm. it would taken years for it to happen, but it's happened in a snap. And diesel yeah. cars are now, you know, way at the back, the bottom of the pile in terms of sales. And those other two kind of fairly new uh, types of technology are pushing pushing away and doing great. And that's what that's what I kind of we're kind of getting at is that things change, and you know, it, it's not it's not un, it's not unreasonable for a company to say, "Hang on, world's changed." Let's change your offering. Now, they, that might mean that you change what you sell, um, but it, it it can just be as straightforward as selling, changing how you position that, changing how you frame that when you're talking to the world about what you do. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I mean, there's no point sticking with something if it doesn't make sense to you or your customers anymore. So mm. it's just about listening to those changing needs and adapting as long as it makes sense to and you're not pushing an agenda that doesn't make sense for your brand. So yeah, yeah, it's interesting. I think I think it's true. Um, and again, I'm just going to just click the uh, the button for the the neon sign above my head that you can't see because we don't film this, and plug something here very gently. We have a webinar coming up on the first of October, 2020, that focuses on just this topic. It's called mm-hmm. "Adapting Your Value Proposition for a Changing Market." It's voice over voice there, and you can find <laughs> lots of the information that you need there on our socials. Or um, if the first of October has been gone, then if you're very good uh, listeners, then you can perhaps find a recording of the webinar on our website. No promises, folks. I'd much rather you joined us live. Yeah, we've given the game away. Um, but to summarise for Jenny, staying healthy is all about cancelling out that noise and focusing on building the message, uh, the messaging that you that you need because of the purpose you're wanting to carry out in the world. So it kind of looks like uh, it's over to you. 
Thanks for listening. We'll be back soon using stronger language to cure another listener's brand agony. For more on brand language, messaging, content training and tone of voice, visit blackad.co.uk. 